want you to look down your roll this morning. And I just want you to tell everybody in your zip code, just tell them, say, this whole row is breaking through this morning. Tell them this whole row is breaking through this morning. I don't know about the row behind me. I don't know about the row in front of me. I can't tell you about the balcony, but everything in this row is coming back to life. Everything in this row is breaking through. Are you ready, Evangel Temple, for a breakthrough? I'm telling you, I didn't come just to hang out with you. I came to disrupt the darkness. I came to push back the enemy. Ah, my, 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 my. One, two, three. Give the Lord a praise right now. Give him the ovation of the morning. Uh, awesome. Everybody stand to your feet. Give this worship team a God bless you. That had oil all over it. I love you so much. Everybody standing. It's my custom to stand for the reading of God's Word. I love your pastors so much. How many of you appreciate Pastor Gary and Kim? And they're all family to me. I am a Wiggins somewhere down in there after 25 years, and I just count them as family. I'm glad to have my wife, my girlfriend, and my woman on the side with me today. She's like the Lord. She's three in one. Come on, y'all give my wife a God bless you. She doesn't even want me to call her the first lady. She said, don't call me the first lady. That implies there might be a second one. She said, you call me the only lady. Can I get a witness? So she's the only lady. You know what? I, I, I must be getting a little bit older because I got up this morning at the hotel, got myself ready to come here and minister to you guys. Dawn had gone on down to the lobby uh, to get some breakfast, and I called her up, and I said, I cannot find the keys anywhere. She said, did you look in what you wore last night? I said, I looked everywhere. I can't find the keys anywhere, and I'm looking all over the place, panicking. I said, you sure you don't have them in your purse? She said, no, I don't, and then I put my hand in my pocket, and there they were. You know what I realized? Even when I didn't know I had the keys, I had the keys. I need to tell somebody, even when you don't feel like you got the keys, tell your neighbor, I got the keys. I got the keys to the kingdom. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Anybody bring your keys with you today? Come on, keys will unlock. Kings will get it started. Keys will change. How many of y'all got your keys with you today? I'm, I'm at a place in my life, and bear with me, I feel like preaching this morning. I'm in a season in my life where I'm, I'm not going to be denied one thing that God has promised me. Can I get a witness over here? I'm a, how about over here in the balcony? If, if God says it's mine, then it's mine. If God says it belongs to me, then it belongs to me, and I'm not taking anything off the devil. So I really want to preach to you today. I've never preached this, this message. If it was bread, you would feel the heat on it because I just recently wrote it. I've never preached it anywhere, and as Pastor Gary said, I... I don't miss Sunday for anybody, hardly in the whole world except Pastor Gary. Come on, because I love this house so much. But I believe I'm here today on assignment. I was on 130 different planes this year so far. So I've been running here and there, but I'm so excited to be here and not there. Can I get a witness? I believe God's going to move. Today, I'm reading one verse, Precious. I love you so much. You by live stream, why don't you share this? And let's share some victory to a world that needs it. It says here, now the Philistines gathered their armies. I'm reading just one verse together to battle. I've been right there at that battlefield many times, right there in that valley. It said they were gathered at Sokoth, which belongs to Judah. One translation said they were camped at the place that belonged to Judah. You know what Judah means? Judah means praise. <clears throat> the enemy was camped right over the people of God's praise. How many of you know that the devil still wants to camp over your praise? Because he knows your praise is in your deliverance. Now, it said they encamped between Sokka and Ezekiah in Ephesus. Now, gather, don't miss this text. It said they were camped in the land which belonged to Judah. I want to preach for the next three and a half hours along these lines. 
Let me tell you something. If I preach that long, y'all better stay because it's going to be supernatural. I just have a few minutes with you, and I want to make this deposit. I want to preach a message entitled, This is a Fight for Praise. Uh, come on. Listen. Praise should have rose up in those days, and praise has got to rise up today. I want to tell you something, Mother, when you can't fix it, Father, when you can't shift it, win it, change it, heal it, open it, close it, transform it, when you can't end it or begin it, when you can't turn it around, if you will open up your mouth and give God praise, God shows up in praise. If you want to win, get him on the battlefield. I said, if you want to win, get him on the battlefield. Just say, well, I'm thinking of praise. No, you don't think of praise. You speak of praise. You, you do a praise. Somebody give God praise that attracts him into your battle. Come on. Your battle's about to turn into your breakthrough. Tell somebody in your neighborhood, this is a fight for praise. This is a fight for praise. When I can't do it, God can. Are you ready, precious? love you so much. Let's raise our hands. Father, we gather in this place today and we declare Evangel Temple, this is the land that belongs to Judah. This is the land that belongs to praise. Convince us of how great you are, God. Convince us that your strength is perfected in our weakness. And God, we thank you that giants are falling. We thank you that giants are falling. We are destined to be different. Giants are falling and we put our praise on it. Somebody who loves the Lord, give him a praise. Hallelujah. Tell everybody in your zip code, just say, this is a fight for praise. This is a fight for praise. want to lay a little groundwork today, and I just want to tell you, I look back over the last 24 months, 27 months, and the reality is, y'all, this has not been an ordinary fight. Who, who would admit that through 2020 and 2021, even going into 2022, that the, the warfare has been unusual? This has not been an ordinary fight. So this has not been a conventional fight that you can win with conventional weapons. This is a fight that will require the presence of God. It is a, it's a fight that will require praise. Because when you begin to praise the Lord, the Bible said the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Some of you have lost track of God. I'm going to give you God's address. Are you ready for it? It's P.O. Box praise. Can I get a witness? When you open your mouth and praise the Lord, that's when you're set up for, for victory. There are some seasons in our lives, some circumstances, some situations that will only be overcome by praise. There are some things that you will not possess without praise. There are some, there's some land and some territory that will not be taken without praise. These battles, as I said, are not going to be won the conventional way. This battle, this season requires God's presence, and the prerequisite for God's presence is not a nice building, it's not a good program, it's not a smooth orator, it's not even great music. The prerequisite for God's presence is praise. That's why you can attract him in your car right by yourself, giving him glory. How many of you can praise without a keyboard, a drum set, or a stage? Come on. Now, I want to, God, God, gave this message to me, and I just wanted to speak to you from the overflow of my time with the Lord. The Bible said that they were gathered at Saka, which belongs to praise, which belongs to Judah. Now, I have preached this chapter revolving around David killing Goliath as much or more than any chapter or text in the Bible because I used to do youth camps, and I do so many camps a year. I started doing youth camps shortly after the crust of the earth cooled. Come on, somebody. And, and I always preached on this teenager David. But as I was perusing this text just recently, things, I saw things differently. In all the years of teaching and preaching this scripture, I've never seen the things that God showed me most recently. And I'm not going to just preach the text today as it is. I'm going to go through that text and we're going to really pull everything out of it. I don't want to just gleam. I want to mine it and get all that there is in it for you. When I want to look behind the scenes in this text, and when I do that, often what I do is, is define the names of the people and the places that are connected to a text, and almost every time I do that, I find out that there's more going on than I realized was going on. So we're going deep today. If you want to go deep, somebody shout, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
This is perhaps the most familiar story in all of the Old Testament. David killing Goliath. Even unsanctified, unsaved folk know about this epic battle that David, the teenager, had against Goliath. But there is so much more. And we're going to look behind it today. And I believe God's going to say some really powerful things in this place this morning and on live stream around the world. First, let's start with David. He's the principal character in this story. And if you define David's name, David's name means loved by the father. David is the eighth son of Jesse Precious. And, and Jesse, his father, must have loved him because he actually named him Beloved. And I stand before you today and I tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt, I wouldn't be on this stage were it not for the love of the Father. Okay, I, I better say that again. I said I wouldn't be on this stage if it was not for the love of the Father. Is there anybody who could say, I wouldn't even be in the room without the love of the Father in my life? If you're grateful for the love of God, come on and give the Lord a mighty praise in this room. Oh, hallelujah. Man, when I look at where I came from, I was reminiscing when we were singing this morning. And I remember when I got right with God in Jacksonville. I, we used to live in Jacksonville. I went to Andrew Jackson. We, we, we lived there on Pearl Street. Come on, y'all. I always tell people I was born in the country, but I was raised in the hood. Come on. So I'm like a hood neck. Can I get a witness? But, but I remember when I was so lost, when I was so messed up, when I was so far from God, I wasn't fit to live and I was scared to die. I had issues and problems, but I remember that I was drawn by the love of the Father and I gave my heart to Jesus. Man, when deacons said I wouldn't make it, when church folks said I wouldn't make it, when people looked at my tattered, messed up, jacked up life, they said there's no way Jim Rayleigh will amount to anything. But I stand before you 37 years later, and I say, look what the Lord has done. I haven't made it by any reason, but he loved me. Is there anybody here grateful for the love of the Father? Y'all, I got to preach the word, but I need to stop right now and break the spirit of unworthiness off of your row and tell you that the Father loves you. If you're grateful that Jesus loves you, come on and give him a mighty praise. In fact, John 3.16 is the most beautiful and familiar text for many of us in the Bible. It's the first one that I ever memorized as a little kid. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The word begotten there means something he would rather keep. The father would have rather kept his son, but he gave him because he didn't just love us. He so loved us. You are not just loved. You are so loved. Hallelujah. And one of my assignments today is to stand before you and break every stronghold of unworthiness for your life and tell you just in case you're struggling, you are loved to the uttermost by the utmost father and nothing you could ever do could change that. He loves you. He loves your lost children. He loves every addict. He loves everybody bound sexually. He loves every prisoner. There's nobody he can't love and nobody he can't put back together again. And I've come to tell you, Evangel, you're moving forward in revival. And don't be surprised when you see the most unlikely people walk up in this place and give their heart to Jesus because they are greatly loved by the Lord. If you know that you are loved by the Lord and he loves everyone, Everybody, let's give the Lord a little praise. Come on, let's go ahead and do it. I'm going to press you to praise today because this whole sermon is about praise. So stop right now. One, two, three. Thank God for his love. Come on, let's do it. Here's what I want you to know. You, you are not just loved, young person. You are so loved. You are not just loved. Come on now. You are so loved. And this text came so alive in me because obviously Jesse loved his son because he named him loved of the father. He named him beloved, but yet he sent him into battle. Sometimes the father who loves us will send us into battle. 
You may be here today and you say, well, Pastor Rayleigh, you don't even know the issues that I've had. You don't even know the season that I, that I have traversed. And my question is this, if the Father loves me, why am I in this battle? If the Father loves me, why have I been in this fight? But the Heavenly Father knows something that even Jesse didn't fully understand. Your battlefield exposes your anointing. David was anointed in chapter 16. He got in a fight with Goliath in chapter 17. He got on the battlefield not even knowing what he was carrying. He thought he was a pizza delivery boy. Come on, y'all. He was delivering bread and cheese. That sounds like pizza to me. Can I get a witness? He thought, I'm just here to deliver the people, to deliver this pizza. But God said, I've got more than pizza in mind. I'm going to use you to deliver, to deliver a nation. So he walks on the battlefield not even knowing what he carried. I've come to tell you today that even if the Father allows you in a fight, your fight for your family, your fight for your healing, your fight for your purpose, your fight for your new season, your fight for your breakthrough, your fight for your victory, it is not breaking you, it is making you. I said, it is not breaking you, it's making you. It's showing you who you are and who you serve and that God is a healer, a deliverer, a provider, a way maker. He's a very present help in the time of a struggle. If the father had never sent David in the battlefield, he would have never discovered the giant killer that lived deep down inside of him. And I'm telling you, when this story is over, people are going to know that the Lord is who he says he is and when he anoints you, he anoints you with victory. It is my battle then, precious, that exposes what I have and what I carry. Now, this is powerful. His name means beloved of the Father, loved of the Father, but he's sent by his daddy, his father, who loved him, but still sent him in the battle. And Jesse had a name that's unusual when you define it. Jesse's name means I possess or I shall possess. And if you trace it to the root of the word, it literally means in the Hebrew, destined to stand out. So here David is, sent on the battlefield, knowing he's loved by the Father, and his daddy's name means I will possess and I will stand out. And if Jesse was going to be like his daddy, not only would he survive the battle, but he would come out of that battle possessing what he did not have before. Y'all don't make me come down there. He would walk off that battlefield possessing what he did not have before. Let me tell you, David walked on that battlefield one way, but he walked off of it another. He possessed what he did not have before. David walked on that battlefield with a slingshot, but he walked off that battlefield carrying Goliath's sword and Goliath's head in his hands. I'm telling you, I'm unsatisfied to neander my way out of the last season, just barely surviving and barely getting by, I declare you and me both, we're not coming out of this fight empty-handed, but you are coming out of this next season possessing the head of every giant sent from hell to defeat your family, to defeat your purpose, to defeat your assignment. I dare you right now, if you're ready to walk off the battlefield with the spoils, open up your mouth and give the Lord a praise, evangel. Come on, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. If you're ready to walk out possessing something you didn't walk in with, one, two, three, give the Lord a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Ooh, I love the Lord today. Now, this is not even, to me, the very best part of his name because, Pastor, his name means... I will possess, but then you trace the Hebrew root of his name, and it means to stand out. It means not to be hidden. And, and see, I've come to declare that when you come off this battlefield, 
your breakthrough will be so significant that you can't even hide it. Can you look down your row and say, hey, he's talking to me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ask him, say, is he talking to you? <laughs> say, he's talking to me. <laughs> Can I say that one more time and just get this in your spirit? When you come off the battlefield, baby, your breakthrough will be so significant that you can't even hide it. People will look at you and say, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how it shifted. I don't know how it changed. I don't know how the children got saved. I don't know how the poverty was broken. I don't know how the body got healed. Everything in conventional wisdom said that it would not happen. Happened, but yet look what the Lord has done. I came to ring hell's bells and let every devil know that in the next season, his defeat is going to be put on display. It's going to play over the movie screen of your life and demons are going to tremble and saints are going to rejoice and lost people are going to see a witness that God can do everything that he said he could do. If you want to get so much victory that even your lost family has to to look at you and say, God did it. Open up your mouth and give God a praise. Come on. Uh, here's my word for Evangel Temple. I just feel this. Get ready to stand out. Get, get ready to be a brighter light in Jesus' mighty name, Evangel Temple, than you've ever been. This church will not de be defeated. My church will not be defeated. Anything connected to me is going to kill giants. Hallelujah. Jesse's name means to stand out, and you can't stand out till you stand up. Glory to God. So David stood up. Now check this out. This guy, David, he, he's so underqualified. He's underaged. He, he, you just look at him, and he doesn't seem like the guy that you would choose to be the giant killer. I mean, if you were going to pick a team of giant killers, David wouldn't even be the bat boy. Can I get a witness, y'all? The truth is, the obvious choice was Saul. Saul was head and shoulders taller than any man in Israel. He was over seven feet tall, if you really study this thing out. But Saul said, I ain't fighting that giant. Saul was shaken and scared to death. But watch this. If you define Saul's name, Saul's name means desired. And if you were going to pick a hero simply based on looks, this is the one you would have desired. He was the one you would have desired. He's over seven feet tall. Saul was popular. Saul was well-trained. Saul was strong. Saul had influence. He checked every box that would define a hero. But here's the deal. David was unlikely. David was unknown. David was a shepherd boy, but David was a praiser. David was a worshiper. Are there any worshipers in the house today? Oh, come on. What made him famous was who he pursued and what he got after. See, Saul was all this. He, 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 you would have desired him. Saul was desired. You ready? But David was anointed. <laughs> I said Saul was desired, but David was anointed. I'm going to say it again. Saul was desired. Write it down. But David was anointed. I want to tell you, if it comes down between being desired or anointed, choose anointed every single time. If it comes down to a nice facility of being anointed, choose anointing every single time. If it comes down to being popular or being anointed, choose anointing every single time. If you're watching me preacher and you think you're doing something great just because you got some social media followers, I'm not impressed with who's following you on Twitter or Instagram. Who is following you to heaven? Come on, can I get a witness? How many of you would rather be anointed than desired? Come on. I dare you right now, if you want to rise in a new anointing, open up your mouth and give the Lord a mighty praise in here. What David possessed was the greatest asset any church can have, any preacher can have, any saint of God can have, the anointing. And see, the truth is, God 
is not going to guarantee you victory for battles he has not sanctioned. It's quiet now. Y'all were just shouting a minute ago. God is not obligated to give us victories over fights that he has not sanctioned. But if God sanctions the fight, he's going to give you what you need to win it before you get in it. Yeah, can I talk to you? David was anointed in chapter 16, 1 Samuel. He got in a fight with Goliath in chapter 17. That means he got the anointment before he got the appointment. Hallelujah. That means before he ever got on the battlefield, he already had what he needed to overcome the enemy, take his sword and cut off his head. And I've come to let you know if you're in a battle right now, if God has chosen that battle, when this battle is over, you will not wave the white flag of defeat, but you will raise the victory banner and you will say, God, didn't you do it? Didn't you turn it around? I dare somebody right now. Just open up your mouth and give God a praise. Don't get in a battle that God hasn't chosen. Now, here they are, and the Bible says the Philistines are, are basically trespassing and encamp in the land that belonged to praise, and they're in a specific area of Judah called Shachah. Now, Shachah means hedged. It means fenced. It means trapped. And in that moment, that's exactly what the Philistines were doing to Israel. They were hemmed in. They were hedged. Can I talk to real people? They were trapped. Have you ever had seasons where the pressure was so great around you? Where, where, do I have any real folk in the house? Not, not super spiritual folk. Do you know anybody super spiritual? They got 13 of the nine gifts. Come on, somebody. You'll, you'll get that in the car later on. But listen, do I have any real people who would admit that there's been times when everywhere you turned, there was stress. Everywhere you turned, there were pressure. You felt hemmed in issues in your family, issues in your health, issues in your job, issues financially. It just seemed like they were hemmed in. And Israel is in a place where the Philistines are hemming them in, fencing them in, trapping them. And the men of Israel, are shaking in their sandals. They are hiding in their tents. They are scared to death because they are fenced in. They are trapped by self-doubt. They are hedged in by a lack of faith in God. And sometimes we have seasons when the devil comes against us with such precision. When he comes to get against us so orchestrated and organized that it seems we're going to be overwhelmed and he tries to trap us in seasons of perpetual defeat in cycles of perpetual negativity. Listen to this. The Israelites had not even entered into the battlefield and they were already defeated in their mind. They hadn't shot a bow. They hadn't thrown a spear, but they were already beaten. But I need you to hear me. I want you to stop acting today forsaken. If you've been wrestling with defeat, stop convincing yourself that God is not on your side. Even if you came to church this morning and you feel hedged up, you feel fenced in, and you feel trapped, I'm going to tell you, fear not. The Lord is with you, and no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. I decree it. I declare it. I speak it in faith that the Lord is on your side, and you are not going to be hemmed in, trapped, or overwhelmed. I need some that's ready to bust a move and get out from underneath this pressure. Give the Lord a shout of praise right now. Now, here they are, hemmed in, hello, trapped, hedged up, and they're Judah. They're in the land of praise. That's why you need to learn to praise the Lord. No matter what season you're in, you say, well, pastor, I I'm thinking of praise in my heart. You don't praise the Lord in your heart. You praise the Lord from your heart. I I'm going to really aggravate somebody. You're probably going to get tight in your hiney. Come on. You ever had your hiney get tight? Preacher's preaching and you just draw right up. Come on, country folk. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Why did he say that? I'm trying to tell you that you got to praise the Lord.
I'm trying to tell you that even when things are going wrong, the victory is right underneath your nose. It's in your mouth. It's when you begin to praise the Lord. So I hear people say, I don't praise God because I'm too deep. Let me tell you something. I don't praise God because I'm not emotional. Well, you don't have no trouble getting angry. You don't have no trouble getting angry or upset. You say, well, I don't praise the Lord. I'm just, that's just it's just unnecessary. I'm too deep. Can I tell you praise is deep? When you clap your hands in a battle, praise is deep. When you shout in a battle, praise is deep. When you leap and dance before the Lord, praise is deep. Let me tell you, praise is deep. There's some things, listen, you can worship and still feel heavy. You can pray and still feel heavy. You can read your Bible and still feel heavy. But when you open up your mouth and give Give God praise. The heaviness has to get off of you. You won't be hemmed in, trapped. I dare somebody right now who wants to break every spirit of heaviness off of your robe. Give God a mighty praise right in your seat. And we got to give the Lord what he wants. He wants praise. Now, the Philistines, I've been writing this valley many times I've walked right through this brook I have collected five smooth stones myself right from this brook in Israel it's one of my favorite places and what I love about it is you go there and nobody but your bus is there usually and I love that place I've been right there the Philistines would have been camped right in the land of Israel overneath over top of the tribe of Judah's land and the name Philistine means immigrant and at this moment, there they were, pastor, illegal immigrants, <laughs> occupying the promised land of the people of God. They were there illegally. They were squatting illegally. And rather than rising up as the tribe of Judah and as God's chosen people and shouting and giving God praise, but, but, but rather than doing that, Israel sat in their tents trembling, trembling and shaking in their sandals. Why didn't they run out on the battlefield and shout over the God that had given them victory before? Why didn't they remember that he parted the Red Sea, he made the walls of Jericho fall, and he sent manna down from heaven? I've come to tell you one way to secure victory in this season is to remember what God has done for you in the last season. And it'll tell you that if he's done it before, I said, if he's done it before, somebody say he can do it again. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you this is more than evangel. This house is a beautiful church. But I believe this house is a house of Judah. And I'm going to tell you, Judah, don't let the enemy sit on your praise. Because where there is a church that will praise the Lord, you evict the devil. I'm ready to evict the devil. I'm ready to send the, y'all don't make me come down there. I'm ready to deport the devil. Come on, somebody. I'm ready to evict him out of my children, out of my nation, out of this generation, off of our, off of our purpose, off of my healing. Devil, you got to go. Off of my breakthrough, it's time for the anointed to ring hell's bells and deport demons and devils and claim God's promises as their inheritance. Is there anybody? You're sick and tired of the devil. Come on, Evangel Temple. I know I'm stirring you today. Is there anybody sick and tired of the enemy? Did you know that the devil is allergic to praise, but the Lord is addicted to praise? Did you know there's something that God can't resist, and that's praise? So when you begin to praise the Lord, devils run, but the glory of the Lord and the presence of God comes. I dare somebody, give God a praise until devils run. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Tell somebody on your road, this is a fight for praise. Put your praise on it right now. Now, it's time for the anointed to rise up. Chase the enemy off. Chase him out of your mind. Come on. Chase him off of your children. I'm sick of the devil. Now, notice, 
You have Goliath, and the Bible said he's Goliath of Gath. If you transliterate the word Gath or define it, Gath means this. It means wine press. It literally means the place of pressure. And Goliath of Gath was applying. What was he applying? Pressure. Have you ever been under pressure? Some of y'all are under pressure right now. And the enemy is trying to use your pressure to defeat you. But if you study your Bible, you'll find out that Jesus was in Gethsemane. And if you define the word Gethsemane, Gethsemane means the place of the oil press or the olive press. It's the place where the olives were pressed and the oil came out of the olives. So the place of pressure does not represent a place of defeat. It represents a place where you see whatever's inside of you come out. See, see, the pressure brought the fear out of the, out of the army of Israel, but it brought the oil out of David. If the devil had any sense, he would leave you alone. He would leave your family alone. He would leave your children alone because the very thing that the enemy has brought against you that he is convinced there will be the pressure that breaks you, it's going to be the pressure that presses out the healing, presses out the victory, presses out the breakthrough. Come on and give God a praise. Now, is this all right? If you, if you want a little more, say bring it on. Okay, because I got I got to get this out of me. Huh? I don't come here a lot, and I don't list my church very much, so I'm going to teach this whole thing. If you're, if you're okay with it, shout, I'm okay. I'm okay. Now, here it is. Goliath weighed 425 pounds. Let's look at, let's look at Goliath. Uh, now, listen, I think I'm a big guy. I've been on a diet, y'all, huh? I lost about 20 pounds. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I've been on this diet. I don't get much to eat. I don't like it. I'm on this diet called Octavia. And you get these five fuelings a day. Little bitty bar about the size of my thumb. And then a, a shake about that big. And you get them every couple of hours. And that's a great diet. I'm not talking, but it ain't much for a big guy like me. Last night, I got home, back got to the hotel. Now, I get a lean and green at night when I would rather have a fat is where it's at. Can I get a witness? Y'all don't look at me like that. Some of y'all like to eat just like I do. I'm not going to point you out, but you know who you are. Come on. I had this little bar, and I took it out at the hotel, and I said, Dude, will you look at how big I am? I said, I'm almost six foot five inches tall. I always had seven pounds. And I said, I want you to look right here at this bar. Look how little this bar is, and look how big I am. Come on, this bar ain't going to cut it. And Goliath, I think I'm big. I'm nothing. Goliath was 425 pounds, y'all. He was nine feet nine inches tall. Come on, somebody. The head of his spear weighed 25 pounds. Can I get a witness? He was massive. He was huge. But if you study in your Bible, nine is the number of finalities in the Bible. Nine is the number of, of finalities in the Word. It is, the, it, it is finished example in the Bible. Jesus died, the Word says, in the ninth hour. And in the ninth hour, he said, it is finished. I could give you example after example where nine represents the closing of one season and the opening of another. It represents it is finished. I came to Evangel Temple to tell somebody this battle is just about over. It is finished. It's in your future. I dare you right now, if you believe that the Lord is about to bring a nine anointing into your life and he's about to finish some things even before the end of the year, open up your mouth and give God a praise. <sighs> I don't know who I'm talking to. I feel that, Pastor Gary. There is a finality in this thing. This fight for somebody is just about over. God is giving you victory. The giant was not David's benediction. It was his invocation. It was not his closing prayer. It was David's openness prayer. And don't let the devil fool you and don't let the giant fool you. God is going to do what he said he would do. 
Now the Bible said that David was the son of that Ephemite. Ephemite means mortal man, weakness, sickness. For Goliath's name means splendor. <laughs> David walked out there just the son of a mortal man, just the son of, of, of a weak man, not a supernatural man. Come on. His father carried no pedigree of supernatural. David was just a man of weakness and sickness in the natural realm. But Goliath's name means splendor. Goliath's splendor. You read his name. That's what it means. It, he's there on the battlefield, and he is so insulted by David, even coming out on the battlefield, this little puny, weak mortal, sick little boy. You're going to bring this little boy against me? He's a son of weakness, but that Goliath didn't realize splendor, didn't know that David was more than that. He was a son of the living God. And Goliath said, am I a dog that you send a stick for me to play with? Splendor said, listen, you're going to send a stick out here Are you like a dog? You're going to have me fetch a stick like a dog? David may have been underaged and under qualified and an underdog, but surely he was underestimated. I've come to tell you today, and I feel like I might just take a lap. I've come to tell you today that the devil doesn't know it, but he has underestimated you. He has underestimated what you carry. He thought by now you'd have already thrown in the towel. But baby, how many of you say, I ain't quitting Jim Rayleigh. I'm going to see my victory. Splendor is out there on the battlefield so enamored with his skill, his size, his ability, his sword, his strength. But something happened to Splendor. See, the problem with Splendor is this, especially in the times of ministry, Splendor doesn't always recognize anointing. When man sees himself as Splendor, I've been in splendid churches. I preached on splendid stages that had splendid facilities, and they had splendid leaders, and I listened to, to splendid music, and, and they were splendid in every way. But they were so hypnotized by their own splendor that they could not recognize there was not a drop of anointing in the room. They had the best music that money could buy. They had a good-looking facility, but when it was all said and done, they couldn't have cast out a devil if their life depended on it, and no Nobody was getting sanctified or set free. But then I walked into a room like Evangel where there is so much more than splendor in the room. There is anointing in the room. Hallelujah. And it is the anointing that breaks the yoke and lifts the burdens. How many of you can say, brother, I want to be anointed? Never forget. Watch this. What marked David's life besides a willingness to repent. We know that. I don't have time to go there. But what really marked his life, David was a radical praiser. I mean, David praised before the battle, during the battle, and after the battle. And David, y'all bear with me. I, I, I haven't always been who I am today. I, I, I played a lot of sports in my life. And I was, uh, I was a trash talker. That's right. Some of y'all athletes know what I'm talking about. I would run my mouth a little bit. And I'm, you know, the only thing that's different about me now is I don't trash talk people, I trash talk the devil. Can I get a witness? But uh, I don't know, I need to tell you, it's time to start trash talking the devil. Can I get a witness? I used to play basketball. I played almost till I was 50 years old. And I would go up there, man, I mean, I played, I competed. I went at it with all I had within me. But I've kind of retired now. But they don't want to bring me out of retirement because I don't just come, my mouth comes with me. Hallelujah. I was, I, I was up one night. They always put the players on me. They always put the best player on me, always. I always had to contend with the best player because there was something, they wanted to get the best of the preacher. And one night I had a college ball player that was there, and he was a player. And I'm just this old, crusty, veteran player, you know. And, and, and he comes up, and, and I said, hey, man, what's your name? He said, my name, Andrew, Pastor. I said, your name is Andrew? He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to call you Cornbread. He said, well, why are you calling me cornbread? I said, because I'm about to eat you up all night long. 
I, I am going to eat you. I'm going to score on you nonstop. You ain't, I'm putting this ball right here. I'm going to put it in the bucket again and again and again and again. You can't stop me. I was doing this before you was even born. You can't stop me. Let me tell you, by the end of that night, I was so deep in that boy's head, he couldn't walk and eat chicken wings at the same time. Come on, y'all. I had got so deep in his head that I convinced him that I was unstoppable. I I want to tell you, you need to stop allowing the enemy to talk all the trash, and you need to say, devil, you are a liar. I've been at this a long time, and I know. What I love about David <laughs> is that David walked on the battlefield. You ready? I'm trying to land this plane. But David walked on the battlefield, and here's what he said in verse 44 of chapter 17. It starts off with a dialogue of, of Goliath, and Goliath said, come on, come on, said the Philistine, come on. I'll make roadkill of you for the buzzards. I'll turn you into a tasty morsel for the field mice. And David said, is that right? You come at me with a sword and a spear and a battle axe? But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of the angel army, the God of Israel's troops who you curse and mock. This very day, God is handing you over to me. Somebody say this very day. David said, I'm about to kill you. I'm about to cut off your head. I'm about to serve your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and coyotes. The whole earth will know that there is an extraordinary God in Israel. And everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear, but the battle belongs to God. He's handing you to me on a platter that aroused the Philistine, and he started toward David, but David took off for the front line, running toward the Philistine. How many of you believe that God has given you your enemy on a platter? Give me some musicians up here. If you believe that, open up your mouth and give God a shout. Come on, I want the musicians to run up here. I said, if you believe that God is giving you the enemy on a platter, one, two, three, put me a drummer over here. Give God a shout of praise. Put me a bass player over here. I said, give the Lord a shout of praise. Look at that. She's already there. That lady's already there. It already started today. Here's the revelation I got for you. David didn't walk to the battlefield. David ran. Anointing doesn't walk to the fight. Anointing runs. Get on your feet and give God a praise. I want somebody who's in a, maybe this is too much. If you feel like running, Get out of your pew right now and run one time and let the devil know I'm running to my victory. I'm running. Come on. Come on, give me this right here. Give me this right here. Come on, help me right here. Help me right here. Give me this right here. Come on, you can help me. Come on, I feel breakthrough. I feel breakthrough. I feel breakthrough. Come on, I feel breakthrough. I feel that Holy Ghost breakthrough. I feel that Holy Ghost breakthrough. Come on, get radical. Run. Anointing runs. Hey, that's it. That's my Aunt LaVale. That's my cousin right there. Running into a new season. Somebody run. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I give you permission to praise the Lord. I said I give you permission to praise the Lord. 
your past wants to bind, y'all stay right there that, and we're going to build this thing. I give you permission to praise the Lord. I give you permission to praise the Lord. Come on, I said I give you permission to shout. I give you permission to clap. This is a fight for praise. I said you got to put Judah on it. You got to put your praise on it. This is a fight for praise. Hallelujah. Now here's what happened. Here's what happened. Once the giant's head was cut off, well, once the giant's sword was possessed, then the people of Israel began to shout. And I want to tell you this. Anybody can shout when the battle's over. Anybody can shout when the money's right, the body's healed, the family's restored, and everything is perfect. But it takes a warrior to rise up and shout on the way to the battle. I've come to tell you, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout right now. Come on, victory is released in your shout. I said victory is released. Start roaring, stop hiding. The lion of the tribe of Judah. I feel this. When I count to three, everybody on your feet. When I count to three, I want you to give the Lord a praise like the battle's already won. One, two, three. shifting. I feel it moving. I feel God changing situation. This is a fight for praise. Put your shout on it. Put your clap on it. Put your dance on it. Put your hallelujah on it. This is a fight for praise. I said this is a fight for praise. The giant of rebellion is falling off of your kids. I break the giant of addiction, the giant of lostness, the giant of poverty, the giant of sickness, the giant of backsliddenness, the giants of problems and dilemmas. Put your praise on it. Put your clap on it right now. Put your shout on it. Put your dance on it. Put your prayer on it. Put your song on it. Put your melody on it. Put your harmony on it. Put the keyboard on it. Put the drums on it. Put the bass on it. Put the get. Put your mouth on your praise and say hallelujah for the victory. I break sickness out of this room right now. I break poverty out of this room right now. Hey, if you're ready for breakthrough, let's spend the last five minutes at the front. Rush up here as quick as you can. If you're ready for breakthrough, I, I think we ought to make it 100%. Just move by faith. Maybe you don't always come, but I feel like God's about to release unparalleled victory. I feel something shifting in my spirit. I want everybody to come, come, come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's sing, let's worship, let's magnify. I want to come in big. You are my champion.